If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest-fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure, fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time, jimmyoliveoil.com. Do you still struggle trying to find a sweetener that fits your ketogenic lifestyle? Then let me introduce you to Swerve. Swerve tastes like sugar and there's no funky aftertaste that you get from all those other high-intensity sweeteners. Swerve actually looks like sugar and you may not even realize it, but granular and particle size have a lot to do with how foods feel in the mouth. Because Swerve measures cup for cup just like sugar, it is super easy to use. Swerve has taken away the guesswork on how much to use in your recipes, you simply swap it one for one for sugar. Swerve is the perfect sweetener for baking and cooking, and unlike other sugar alternatives, Swerve browns and caramelizes just like sugar, which means creme brulee and meringues are even possible. The best part is Swerve has very little impact on blood sugar and insulin levels, making it perfect for a diabetic or anyone following a ketogenic lifestyle. Swerve is made from erythritol as well as oligosaccharides which is a form of prebiotic fiber to help stimulate beneficial bacteria in the intestines. All the ingredients found in Swerve are from the United States and Europe, and Swerve has been in business for more than 16 years. Headquartered in the good old USA in New Orleans, everybody in keto is now using Swerve, and it's your turn too. Go to SwerveSweet.com to find a store near you, and it's also available on Amazon.com. Swerve, the ultimate sugar replacement. Ah, uh, living the V. 
be the low car. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I am so thrilled to welcome to the podcast a lady by the name of Tasha Newton. She is the lady that is behind this mega brand. If you haven't heard about her yet, where you been? It's called Keto is Life. She has almost 400,000 followers on Instagram. I need to figure out her magic, how she did that. Other than posting recipes, uh, ketoislife.com is her website, but she's here today because in my grubby hand, you guys, I am holding, and all due respect to Maria Emmerich because I love that woman to death, but I am holding my favorite ketogenic cookbook that's ever been written, and I've written a couple. So <laughs> it's called Southern Keto 100 Plus Traditional Food Favorites for a Low Carb Lifestyle. And it's written by Miss Natasha, who's a fellow Southerner. So welcome to the show, Tasha. Thank you for having me, Jimmy. Oh, and I have been so thrilled to have you on the show. And man, what I love about this community is I've been around for a very long time, just translation old, (laughs) and I've seen people come and go and I've seen new people rise up. And what's been really interesting about the advent of keto becoming so popular in the mainstream is people like yourself, you've just been out there doing your thing. You have a story to tell, which we'll have you share in a minute, but man, oh man, it just seems like everybody and their mama's coming up out of the woodwork, having some kind of credence now within keto. And you've certainly built a huge following on Instagram and all of your work you're doing with keto is life. So congratulations on that. And, and on all the success that you've seen so far. Thank you so much. Well, let's get into your story, because I think there's always a, a, a great story behind anyone who has built an incredible uh, branding like you have. And it really started back in 2014, didn't it? Tell us that story. It did. Uh, in 2014, I had just reached the end of my rope. Um, I had struggled all of my life with yo-yo dieting and food addiction. And it was just, it was so up and down that I don't even think I could go back and tell you where it started and where it ended, um, with, you know, the gaining and losing. Well, it did start when I was nine years old. Um, I was put on my first medically supervised diet. Oh, what was that one called? Uh, it was just a local doctor's office. Uh Um, and my mother and I, went and it was meetings and we weighed in and uh, we had to journal our food and every week we had to weigh in and go around the table and oh. tell him that he had lost or gained. And keep in mind, I was nine years old. Yes. And, um, how I much didn't did you even, weigh at nine, nine years old? I don't know how much I weighed, but I'm, I'm assuming, you know, because I was really short back then too. Yeah. I, I don't even think I was 200 pounds yet. I was just, um, you know, just couldn't wear normal clothes. Wow. You know, I, back then in the 80s, couldn't, you know, we couldn't find jeans to fit and stuff like that. 
Yeah. So my parents, they were just worried about me. No one in the family had a weight problem and I don't blame them at all. They were just, you know, doing the best they could to try to help me. They didn't know how to help me. That's right. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted to be like other kids. I just wanted to play and not worry about that kind of thing. So it didn't, I remember my mom lost some weight and I don't think I lost any weight. And I don't even remember feeling embarrassed or anything when, you know, we would go to the meetings or anything. I was just a kid. But that's kind of where it started. And I always struggle with my weight and just kind of an obsession with food. Even when I was young, you know, they would say, well, don't eat so much. And I don't know. I just it's hard to I really don't know why. But what I had to do by the time I was 40 you know, years old in 2014, I had to stop, you know, feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> um, We've all done that, Tasha. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I did. It's like, well, you know, you've been this way all of your life. I had yeah. really, I really thought that, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't change. Um, because when I say I yo-yo dieted, I would lose 75 to 100 pounds and I would gain it all back. On low to, fat diets, you're saying? Yes, low fat diet. Yeah. So fat, it, it was always low fat or starvation, which I wasn't really good at. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> good at starvation. So. <laughs> I, I would try and I would go on, you know, you know, I really try to deprive myself and stuff. But what would happen is I would end up binging. And oh my to, gosh, the psychology of that is just crazy because it, it, you're told you're eating too much. So then you cut back and then you're not seeing results. So then you starve yourself. And then you're so hungry that it drives you to want to go eat the whole house and home and Taco Bell and everything in between. Yes. And I did that. And to complicate matters, this is a whole other layer of my story. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease Mm. at the age of 29. Wow. So, um, you know, I had been on medication. I'm not blaming the medication, but, you know, I wasn't. Uh, what some people think the typical Crohn's uh, patient looks like. I wasn't, I still struggled with my weight. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just had a lot of reasons to feel sorry for myself, but I just, you know, kept reading. I don't know how it came. I can't remember the exact moment that I decided to try it. It was that year. And I kept reading stories would pop up on the internet about people who had lost weight this way. And I was always curious because I had tried everything. I think I may have, uh, because I've tried so many things, I think I may have tried um, Atkins maybe a day or two in the early <laughs> 90s. Um, <laughs> I ate bacon and eggs for a day or two, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So I think I might have tried that, but I kept reading stories, and here's what grabbed me. What grabbed me was people were saying they were losing this weight, and they weren't hungry. Yeah. That really caught my attention. That's a huge selling point, isn't it? <laughs> yes. They said, you know, I lost this weight because I have I have seen millions of before and after pictures. Yeah. That can't be your only motivation. Yep. So, you know, they said they weren't hungry. So I thought, well, I'll try this. <laughs> and so, you know, and I would see things on Instagram and um, I don't know if I was on Facebook then or not, but, you know, it was just constantly it was popping up here and there. And so I thought I would try it. I dove in and, you know, I would read everything I can. I Google everything I could. Um, you know, I, I remember Keto Clarity coming up. <laughs> that year, yeah, it came out that year. Yeah. And um, so I would start, you know, doing research and, you know, I kind of dove into it and lost pretty 20 pounds pretty quick. But here's the thing. I, my tendencies 
uh, our self-sabotage. I don't know if you know much about that. <laughs> uh, I think everybody that's ever been morbidly obese knows everything about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I went, you know, off and I would go back on. So, you know, during that year of 2014, um, you know, I would kind of toy with it. But I felt, you know, I, and I wrote about this in the book. I felt like I was missing out, maybe missing out on something big. Yes. You know, it was really the first thing that had truly helped me and wasn't that hard. Right. Um, I just had other issues and, you know, with food. So I really committed and I decided to start an Instagram account for accountability. So where'd you come up with Keto is Life? Because that's a great branding. Well, it, here's the thing. It wasn't branding at first. I know. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. <laughs> I know. And that wasn't branding either. What happened is that philosophy came from being, uh, I had another name at first. It was Low Carb My Way. And Low the reason Carb I My named, Way. Yeah. Yes. The reason I named it that is because I wanted to do things my way. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of like uh, uh, negative nannies out there that say you're doing it the wrong way. So exactly. I love that. I caught on to that right away. And um, what happened is I was having so much success and I was feeling so good that one day I just thought, keto is life. Yes. <laughs> and I thought I'm, I had been wanting to change uh, the name of my account because it just didn't feel fitting. And I thought, well, I'll see if that name's available because I really love that. And that's yeah. the way I feel about keto. When was that? 2015? I think so. I think so. And you had uh, how many followers when you had low carb my way until you switched over to the keto is life branding? You know, I, because I didn't mean for it to be branding. Right. I don't think well, I probably I, not more than a couple of thousand of that. No, uh, actually, I believe I already had about and this is the reason I know is because my page was a secret to a lot of people. Yeah. That's another layer of this story. Uh, a lot of people in my life, not my family, but right. uh, there were friends. And people I didn't tell about this page because it was my page for accountability, but it had grown to, I believe, over 15,000. by Okay, then. so it was pretty significant by today's standards, even 15,000 ain't anything to sneeze at. It grew pretty quickly. Yeah. So why? <laughs> I don't, and I'm still asking that question also because, you know, basically if you look, you can, you know, and I, you, I haven't taken much off of there since then. So you can really scroll pretty deep on my page and see yeah. that it's mainly just recipes. And, see, and I think that's my- attractive to a lot of people, Tasha. Um, I'm not a recipe blogger. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not one of these people. I mean, I, I love to cook. This is the misnomer of people that don't do recipes. Uh, well, you must not like to cook. No, I love cooking. What I don't love is one third cup of this pinch of that. And that just mm-hmm. makes my head hurt. So, <laughs> but it didn't you, huh? No. And I think the way it started is it started for accountability and the stronger I got, the more I wanted to share encouragement. So I would share, you know, things I would share, you know, posts, you know, about my story. I would share a lot of before and afters back then. And, um, they get yes. stuff one though, even if you, uh, watermark them. So I've, I've removed some of them for that reason. Yeah. Because people take them, even if it's watermarked and they use them to sell products. So oh, that's yeah. the subject. We're seeing but it was- with Keto Karma right now. She's had hers stolen and she has a quarter million followers. So up there with you. And yeah, it's disgusting what's happening with stolen photos, but it's not new. It's been happening since I've been online. 
Yes. And so, um, but anyways, really what I was sharing is just my story. And, you know, I was really honest with people if I was having a bad day. I think I might have even went through uh, one of my surgeries during the time I've been on Instagram and I posted yep. about that. Um, you know, so it's been, uh, you know, very much my life and my journey really is what yep. led to this. And, you know, I'm just super grateful that people, you know, can relate to that and you I know- can help. You know what the magic is of Tasha Newton? I think it's you're just you're a real person that's living this out. And I think people are so tired of the fakery that is online. And when you are real and authentic, it scares a lot of people. I get that a lot. (laughs) That's why they come after you. Um, But it also shows out like, like a sore thumb. You stick out like a sore thumb when you are that different from everybody else. And so that that's a little bit of the magic behind your 400,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, but kudos to you because there's a lot of people in this space and I don't think anybody's even close to that amount, uh, almost a half a million followers uh, on Instagram. So man, that's awesome. So that got you your book deal, huh? Yes, I guess it did. <laughs> uh, I would say so. <laughs> I, I would think, yes, I think when I started writing the book, it's really, I think, doubled in the last year because I don't think, I don't even think I was at 200,000 yeah. when I started the book. But see, here's the thing. You started it not close to 200, yeah, or right around 200, and mm-hmm. now you're double that, and your book just came out. Every single book that I've written, my uh, social media just exploded when Keto Clarity came out. I went from just a few thousand followers to suddenly like 25 on 25,000 on Twitter. And so it just, it jumps really fast when people know who you are. And, you know, ostensibly this is in bookstores, people can see and buy it. And so, yeah, so you're, you're getting to see the fruits of it. That's why I say you're just starting and you've got this massive platform already. (laughs) Well, honestly, I feel a really huge responsibility to people. I, you know, I, you know, some, some way to give back, but it's just me. I'm not a business. I'm, I don't have an assistant. Um, so I do feel like I miss a lot. Um, you know, it is hard. Sometimes I, I worry about, you know, how much I miss that I could help people. So, you know, I'm not really sure what to do with it right now. I just am helping one person at a time. Oh, trust me. There will be people that would line up the door to help you when the time comes that you do want to make it. And whether you realize it or not, it is a business. Uh, I didn't start living La Vida Low Carb with any intention of making it into a business. Uh, and yet, because the consistency in the content like you do um, and and now having books and people want to connect with you, it's it's a beautiful thing. And you're about to go out on a book tour uh, and you're actually currently on a book tour and you're heading actually close to where we live. So we're going to be doing a book tour, book signing together in Charlotte, aren't we? This is surreal. It is so surreal to me to get to do a book tour with you. I'm excited. We're really excited too. Yes. I can't wait. Can't wait. So it's in Charlotte this Sunday, you guys. Definitely uh, there's an Eventbrite link if you want to go on Tasha's website, Keto is Life or Keto.com uh, or Keto is Life on Instagram. I'm sure we're blasting it everywhere this week. So. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Everyone needs to come. 
Well, that's cool. Well, let's get into your book because I'm not joking. This is one of my favorite keto books I've ever seen in terms of cookbooks uh, because it speaks my language. I'm a Southern boy through and through, have been my whole life living in Tennessee and in the South, currently in South Carolina. So this is just amazing. And, And I think sometimes, especially those of us that live in the South, we're like, oh boy, all of my favorite foods are carby. So how can you Southernify <laughs> keto? And you've done it brilliantly. Thank you. I th- a lot of planning went into this book. A lot of praying and a lot of planning. <laughs> and more planning. And more planning and more editing. I, I honestly, I knew that it would be writing a book would be challenging, but yeah. I mean, my um, respect for everyone who has done this went through the roof <laughs> because it's a lot. You hold someone's book and it's just a lot more goes into it than you can even imagine. Yeah. I've never had the experience of childbirth uh, and neither has Christine, but when you get to hold a book that's yours, it's like maybe a little bit having a baby. Um, it's magical. Yes. It's pretty neat. And, and I'm, I'm so happy to see so many people like yourself getting to experience that. The Keto Connect guys, Matt and Meg, I got to do that earlier this year. And so many first-time authors. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. And what you've done here is you put your own unique – you've Toshified everything in this book. And I, I it just oozes uh, <laughs> your philosophy. And I love that. And of course, you know my favorite recipe is the Drop Biscuits. Yes. They I are, made they those for Thanksgiving last year. Oh my gosh! And I and I did the little garlic uh, with uh, cheese in it to make it like the the Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster, and my family just about had a conniption fit. They were so good, and I'm like, Tasha Newton. <laughs> Do you like cookies? Jeff Reese started Fat Snacks, S-N-A-X, in 2017 to make his keto lifestyle way more delicious. Fat Snacks cookies are soft-baked to perfection using coconut flour, butter, and almond flour. First time I tried these Fat Snacks cookies, oh my goodness, you guys, I fell in love. Plus, they're sugar-free, contain just 1 to 2 grams of net carbs, and have up to 9 grams of fat. Jeff and his team are proud to have become the top-selling keto-friendly cookie, all with just one to two grams of net carbs per serving. Fat Snacks flavors include chocolate chip, peanut butter, and lemony lemon, and they recommend you start with the variety pack on your first order. Head on over to fatsnacks.com slash jimmy, that's F-A-T-S-N-A-X.com slash jimmy, and use the coupon code L-L-V-L-C at checkout for 5% off of a single order or 10% off of your first subscription order. At Snacks Cookies. Peely Hunters is the original U.S. purveyor of wild-harvested, sprouted Peely Nuts. With 93% fat content, Peely Hunters Peely Nuts come in four flavors and have the highest fat content of any whole natural food on the planet, and they make for the Earth's perfect keto snack. Peely Hunters' new Expedition Butters now come in three amazing flavors, Keto Classic, Pumpkin Spice with Lion's Mane Mushroom, and Raw Cacao with Maca Powder, Lightly Sweet sweetened with coconut sugar and lucuma. 
Try Expedition Butter in the new one ounce packets. With 200 calories per serving, these convenient lightweight snacks have no added sugar and are blended with nothing but whole food ingredients to keep your expedition going. Experience Earth's perfect keto snack for yourself by going to eatpeelynuts.com. That's eatpeelynuts, spelled P-I-L-I-N-U-T-S dot com. And use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to save 10% off of your first order. Wild nutrition, beyond organic, naturally ketogenic, Peely Hunters. Seeing people make the recipes and repost them online, I will never get tired of that. That mm. is amazing uh, for people to tell me that they like. And, and you know, another thing is I've had a lot of people tell me that their kids ate it and, and yes. their family loved it. And that just means the world to me. Well, and it's kid-friendly recipes for the most part. I mean, one of the things you have is a lemon poppy seed loaf. Mm -hmm. You know, what kid wouldn't like that? And then you got like little sweet pepper poppers, which take the place of the potatoes that you would normally consume. And so, I mean, it's, it's all of this stuff that's familiar. And see, this is the thing. Had I known growing up the ramifications of all that crappy garbage I was eating, I would have tried to eat, you know, same food, but just different version um, of it because you're showing very easily how you can ketofy literally anything. anything. Yes, anything. You can, and, and I like to keep it simple. That's another thing people have told me that they like about this book is that it's it's simple and it's easy. And, you know, a lot of the ingredients you can find at the grocery store. There's only two or three things you might have to order online. And if you're already cooking low carb and keto, you probably already have those things on hand. Yes. And I love it that you give such an ode to your Southern roots. I mean, it's through and through all throughout the book. And you look at something like in the dessert section, the Kentucky bourbon balls. Yes. Outside of the (laughs) South, people don't know what that is. (laughs) They're they're in for a nice surprise. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And and I love how you do the little description uh, literally before every single recipe. I I see some other keto cookbooks where they do it occasionally. They'll have a story behind the recipe. But you got a story behind every recipe you do. Uh, And on the bourbon bourbon balls, you said they're a true Southern delicacy owing to Kentucky's many bourbon uh, distilleries. They may be particularly popular there in my home state. Uh, They're found their way onto holiday tables as I was growing up. My husband from Tennessee grew up eating them, too. Every holiday season, his grandma would make several batches, and as she made each batch, she would take a nip or two of bourbon. (laughs) And the last batches always ended up with a bit stiffer than the first one. So I just love the little colloquialisms all throughout this book. Thank you so much. That was fun to write. I did get permission from my husband to share that little story. <laughs> yes. Oh, trust me. When you start writing books, you have all kinds of stories you can tell. Yes, yes. And you can ask permission or not, and it's still going in the book. So. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned my grandma several times uh, in the book, and yes. uh, I've had a couple of people ask me about Ida May. You know, that was fun talking about her, you know, because um, she's, you know, those Talking about your Southern heritage and your roots, or no matter where you live, we associate a lot of times food with our memories growing up and family. Well, and love. And love, yes. Yeah, yes. you can't disrespect grandma and not have her, her dessert that she made for you. She doesn't care how much crap is in it. Yes. One thing I said, I don't know if you noticed in the book about how, you know, it's not going to taste exactly like your grandma's cooking. No one can compare to grandma's cooking, <laughs> but we can get pretty close. 
Yeah, and Grandma knew to use good ingredients, too. She didn't skimp on the butter. Now, she might have used white flour, but it's only because they didn't have almond flour then. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking about um, the simplicity of the recipes. And, you know, like I said, I've had a lot of people describe the book to me as easy and simple. And I think I was aiming for that because a lot of times our grandmas, no matter where you live, many years ago, did not have a lot to cheat. They could make food taste so good, yet they didn't have, you know, a lot of ingredients. And they did have fresh vegetables. My family, they grew uh, huge gardens and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, fresh meats. And they cooked a lot of things, not just in butter, putting butter on everything, but also lard and bacon grease. Mama used to keep a bacon grease can on our stovetop when we were growing up because she grew up in Tennessee. And that's what her mama always did. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, you can include that's what made, you know, writing this book. I mean, I I won't say easy, but it would. That's why I believe you can keto fire just about any of your, you know, childhood favorites, no matter where you grew up. And you got another one in here of mine, Tasha. Salmon patties. I was just like, oh. Oh, I love those. Because growing up, it was always breadcrumbs or crackers or whatever they had to put in it to kind of make it stick together. But you can use almond flour. And I've even done that in some, like a meatloaf recipe. You can use almond flour instead of breadcrumbs. And it holds it together really well. Yes. And I do have, uh, have you tried the little bacon cheeseburger mini meatloaves? Those are amazing. I'm still working my way through your book, but (laughs) that does look really good. (laughs) good. They are so good. Um, but there are some salads in here. Yes. <laughs> There's gumbo. Uh, that gumbo. is my Our Louisiana fans will love that. Yes. Uh, that's my husband's favorite recipe in the book. Nice. Uh, he, he was asked that by someone. And uh, I mean, he he got to try everything, but that's his favorite. It's a spicy, you know, uh, and that was a challenge. I worked pretty hard on that recipe coming up with a uh, roux that did not have flour. I was going to say, what was the hardest part of making a gumbo? What's carby in there besides the flour? That's really it. Um, it. Actually, once you get past that, it wasn't that hard to create gumbo. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it's all about flavor. You yes. know, it's about adding flavors. And uh, I have a homemade, um, you know, I have some homemade seasonings and stuff in here to help you with that. Yes. I definitely recommend you trying the Tennessee uh, rub. Tennessee rub. The Tennessee barbecue rub. What's it sweetened with? Um, it's a, got a brown sugar substitute. Nice. So like a swerve brown sugar? Um, I think when I was recipe testing, I used uh, sucrin, and that's what I've been using since then. Okay. But I don't know if swerve was available back then when I was recipe testing. Yeah, they just recently came out with the, the brown sugar version of theirs. I can vouch for the sucrin, and uh, you can use that on so many things. It's the Tennessee Dry Rub. Can you you spell sucrin? S-U-K-R-I-N. Gold. Sucrin. Gold. Is it a stevia? What what is it? Yes, it's it's got a, it's erythritol. I think, I'm not sure, it may have monk fruit. It's made a lot like the Swerve brand. Sure, sure. So it's like uh, a erythritol monk fruit blend. Yes. Got it. Okay. Uh, Nice. Yeah. Don't quote me on the milk. Go get the book and look it up. (laughs) It's available on uh, Amazon. But like I said, that was the only one I could find then. But um, 
I think there's around three available now. Oh, yeah. Everybody and their mama's getting in the keto business now. So we've got lots of options. And 2019, right. you ain't seen nothing yet, by the way. There's going to be so many books and products this year. It's not even funny. It's wonderful. There's just so many. It's, you know, I even had someone say to me one day who knows that I have been doing this so long. She said, I remember when you first started doing this. You know, I didn't see anything in stores that looked like the things you would talk about. Now, everywhere I turn, and that's a good thing and a bad thing. You know what they did in the holiday season at Costco was they had the book section that had like various keto books over there. And literally right across the way was a big display of almond flour. And it was sale priced at like eight ninety nine as opposed to thirteen ninety nine. So they they know what they're doing. They they oh. got they got ideas in mind about pushing this keto thing. Yes, that's wonderful. They keep they keep getting so many good products. Yeah. And and it's going to continue so. Well, let's I get hope- that I'm sure it will. So let's get back to your uh, recipes cuz there's so many in here that I'm so anxious to try and the one on page 202, the easy cheesy collie rice, cheese cheese rice. Again, it's a Southern delicacy. It's almost like cheese grits, you know, it has kind of that same consistency. Um, And I make this comforting side dish at least once a week. You write in the book. It's a favorite of ours, goes with everything. It's what we consider a rich, creamy substitute for macaroni and cheese. You won't believe how easy it is to make. And again, I don't think we miss the actual macaroni and cheese. What we miss is the flavor and how it makes us feel. Yes. And I just made this Saturday. I wasn't kidding when I, I made it a couple of times a week. I made a double batch on Saturday. And she'll make it next Saturday. <laughs> yes. Um, that is very easy. Um, you should definitely try that really soon. Yes. One, two, three, four, five ingredients, and that's including salt and pepper. That's right. That's right. And I love now you can find rice cauliflower in the frozen food section of literally almost any store, even grocery stores are now starting to carry this. So again, the convenience now, you have no excuse in 2019 not to do keto well. No excuse. I remember the last time I riced cauliflower, I made a huge mess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love buying it like this. Yes. And if, if you can't, I mean, you know, if you don't have access to it, you can use a food processor, but I was using a grater. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, th- those graters are pretty cool, and they've got all kinds of ones now where you can do it, make it more ricey, you can make it longer. There's all kind of technology with the culinary skills these days. Jimmy, I really want you to try the loaded roasted cauliflower on oh. loaded roasted cauliflower yeah. on 198. 198. I am turning there now. And we're going to look at that bad boy here live on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Loaded roasted. Oh, so it's like, um, is it like, um, what is it like? It kind of tastes like cheese fries from oh. my favorite steakhouse. Nice. I'm not kidding you. You can eat it. You could eat it with uh, ranch or you could eat it with sour cream or you could just leave that off. It, and uh, I think that. Say you were dairy free. Yeah, I think it would still be good without the cheese because of the roasty cauliflower and um, green onion and stuff. You could do maybe some uh, nutritional yeast or something. I do, you know, think that you could, you know, change it up a little if you needed to. But just like this, it is amazing. So Tasha, you know how keto is life for you. Cheese is life for Jimmy Moore. So <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. 
Well, wow. I'm looking at that one. Yeah. Avocado, oil, cauliflower, bacon, onions, and cheese, uh, cheddar cheese. So, wow. Yeah, that's definitely. See, this is the problem. I have so many options. I don't know which one to do first. <laughs> exactly. It's so loaded with options. This yes. Bucket. And uh, for instance, have you ever used turnips to make fries? I have actually. Okay. I have turnip fries in here with a dipping sauce. Yep. And my husband, uh, you know, that's something he misses is French fries, and it's very good. And hash brown casserole. Oh, yeah, you, you're killing me, girl. <laughs> There's just so much good in here. And you actually made a cornbread dressing for Thanksgiving yes. last year. Yes, yes. From here. So, yeah, man, Southern Keto, you guys, if, you had, if your mouth isn't watering, you're not alive right now. <laughs> Especially if you live in the South, because we love our food down here. And and it's okay to love food, even on keto. I think sometimes there's this notion, well, f- food is only fuel. And so, therefore, you should just uh, keep your uh, mouth um, uh, not satiated. It's like, no, it tastes good. Let's enjoy it. Jimmy, I like to tell people that keto doesn't have to be boring. And it can even be enjoyable. And I truly <laughs> believe that with all my heart. If, you're, if it's not enjoyable, you're not doing it right. <laughs> it can be enjoyable. Uh, and I've turned many friends uh, on to it just by them watching me and us eating together and yes. them what they could eat. Well, Tasha, congratulations on Southern Keto. I think it's uh, it's a fabulous book. Highly, highly, did I say highly, you guys? Highly recommend everybody go get it. I'll have a link to it in the show notes section at com. But what's next for Tasha? I know you just finished this a few months ago and you're kind of going, wow, that was a lot. But do you have another book in you that you're itching to write or what's next? Honestly, um, that's that's what I'm thinking about. And I, you know, I want to wait and give this this book time to shine. Um, and I would love to do another book, but it needs to be the right one. I don't want to just jump into something. I know the next one could be Southerner keto, and you get real like uh, chitlins <laughs> and get real dirt down and dirty. You think that would sell? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm open. I'm open to writing another one, but it it needs needs to be the timing. Yeah, you, you know what I think would uh, to piggyback on this one, you could do Southern Keto comfort foods and just focus in on that, and then maybe another one, Southern Keto classics. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kind of ways you could take that Southern Keto and use it as a branding. See, we're having a branding session here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll need your help with that. Yes, well, I'm happy to help. And you've done all of this on your own. You built this from the ground up. You're just a, a regular mom and 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 wife, and you have a husband, and you're just living life. And here you are with you know nearly a half a million followers on Instagram. So you you're doing something right, my dear. So keep it up. It's mind blowing. I, I always wanted to help people, though. I don't think I've ever told you. Uh, that in a past life, I was a respiratory therapist. So I've always leaned towards, you know, helping people. Yes. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a nurse uh, like my mama. And I ended up becoming a respiratory therapist over time. And I always tested high. And, um, you know, when they were doing like career placement and stuff like that in yeah. the humanities. And so it's really a dream come true. If I can just help a few people, it's a dream come true for me. 
And with your platform, you are helping people. And it's so gratifying. I, I know the kind of feedback I get in my email box. I can only imagine the feedback you get in your Instagram page and all the stuff that you do there at ketoislife.com. Uh, you're definitely changing lives. And it and it all started with a changed life yourself. You, you were the changed life. And now you're using that to pay it forward and change other people's lives. So, again, congratulations on the book and all the success you've seen and literally the best, Tasha, is still yet to come. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm so thankful uh, for this community, and I'm thankful for you, Jamie. Her name is Tasha Newton. Check her out, ketoislife.com, and on Instagram, at ketoislife. Uh, help her get to a million. Let's change it, man. Let's get it out there and uh, change even more people's lives. And uh, again, the book is called Southern Keto, 100-plus traditional food favorites for a low-carb lifestyle. It's available wherever books are sold. Or if you want to get it on Amazon, go to theliveinlowcarbshow.com. We'll have a link to it in the show notes section for this episode. Well, Tasha, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Livin' La Vida Low Carb Show. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, Livin' La Vida Low Carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore the longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Disc of 